Turn, if you would, in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll stand here just in a moment after you find your place. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to um, look at the benefits of giving. You know, Paul asked us kind of to expand our thinking. And this passage of Scripture we're going to read tonight just challenges our thinking. So many times we get tunnel vision. We kind of get locked in on our perspective of our money, our time, our talents. And, and the Scripture just challenges us when we look at a passage of Scripture like this, just to challenges our thinking. How do we think about um, our money? How do we think about giving? How do we think about the talents, the blessings, the way God wants to bless us, and the way God wants to use us to be a blessing? So tonight, we'll just really, hopefully, examine maybe our thoughts, our, our, the way we think um, about something that Paul addresses here in this passage. So stand with me, if you would, if you found your place, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Beginning verse 1, it says, For as touching the ministering to the saints, it surpasses. <laughs> well, I'm going to try and read. Um, I didn't know this word was um, tough, but I just figured that out. Sur superfluous for me to write. It tell me how to say it later. Um, <laughs> for I know the forwardness of your mind, which I boast of you to them of Macedonia. And that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready. Lest haply if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in the same confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready, and as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. He which soweth sparing, let's start that again, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God." Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Let's look to the Lord in prayer tonight. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. And Lord, I thank You for this passage of Scripture where Paul challenges our thinking. Lord, so many times we get caught up in our own world 
and, and we lose sight, we lose focus, we lose, um, lose our attention on the things that are truly important. The ways that you want to bless us, the ways you want to use us to be a blessing to others. And so tonight, pray that we could just take a few moments and refocus on the benefits of giving. And Lord, I pray that ultimately you'd be honored and glorified. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. In this passage, Paul is caught up in a bit of a conundrum. And trying to pronounce that first word that began with S caught me in a bit of a conundrum. <laughs> I want to try and say it, but I tried four or five times and it wouldn't come out, so I'm going to quit. You know, Paul in this passage of Scripture, if you just kind of read and kind of go with the flow of the passage, you see that he's real busy covering his bases just trying to button things up. There's some things, some loose ends um, that he wanted to make sure were tied up, and, and you kind of gather that. So if you go back to chapter 8, you can see in verse 1 and 2, I'll read the first two verses there. It says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So he's talking to the church in Corinth, and he's pointing out the church in Macedonia. How in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded of the riches of their liberality. So here he is, he's, he's giving the... Um, church in Corinth, the example of the Macedonian churches. And then he talks about how in this passage of Scripture that he used the Corinthian church as an example to the churches in Macedonia and Achaia. And so here he is, he's been just explaining this, this generous giving was an example both, both directions. So the example Paul has pointed out is, is there and evident going um, from one church to the other and then back to the other. So then he follows up this example or, or kind of outlining the example here and saying, you know, I know this is in your heart and, and I used you as an example, but I don't want these people when they come from Macedonia to be let down because you aren't ready, because you didn't follow through. Have you ever said to someone, um, now watch how they do this. Have you ever pointed something or someone out as an example and said, now watch how they do this. And then you're thinking, man, I hope they do it, right? We've all been in that position where he pointed something out or um, we've set, set ourselves up in as, as an example and said, now here, I'm going to do this, and then we have to do it. And that's what Paul is expressing here. You've communicated it. He was concerned that their delivery wouldn't be strong as their initial commitment. So verse 5 he says, I thought it was necessary to exhort the brethren that they go before and remind you and get things in order. And so in this passage he's giving them tools. He's saying, this is important. I've used an example. I don't want to be let down. I don't want you all to falter in the example you're providing. I don't want others to be disappointed. And so then he feels it necessary to, to give them some tools, to give them some principles. He just said, here's some things that are real cut and dried. You know, when we talk about giving, it's easy to get tense, right? If a preacher stands up here, pastor stands up here, I stand up here, any one of a, any, we hear giving and suddenly we just kind of, it's easy to just kind of tense up a little bit. It's natural. Why? Well, our first response when we're talking about money is, well, it's you're talking about my money. I mean, this is money I worked hard to earn. This is money I need to live. It's, it's, it's just natural for us to tense up about giving. But the spirit of giving is much deeper than how we feel about money. 
it's much, there's a lot more to it than the emotions that our money conjures up. There's a spirit that God wants all of us to have. There's a spirit that He'll bless us for. And that's what Paul is addressing here in this passage. So in verse 6, he said, But this I say, of chapter 9, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Cause and effect is amazing law. We know if I was to step off the edge of this platform right here, gravity would take effect. And if I just even, you would all catch your attention, right? Because it's, it's engaging. Cause and effect is engaging. Um, when we talk about exercise, we know that if we have the discipline to exercise, we'll gain strength from that. We'll gain endurance. We'll gain energy. We'll gain um, discipline. And the cause and effect is powerful. And we see it all around. And, and Paul is just pointing that out. If we diet, man, our health can improve. Our energy can improve. We can add years to our life. If we study, if we do the hard work, we can perform better at school. We can perform better in our jobs. And the cause is there, we see the effect, the benefit is, is there. If we save, if we're disciplined, we'll have money for the things that we need. If we give, the Bible promises we'll receive. This law is incredibly powerful. We can use it to our advantage. It can be a great help to us. There's the old song, if we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. If we show, so trust in obedience, uh, Scripture teaches us, songs like this remind us, we'll receive joy and happiness. And so we see it all around us. And, and Paul is just challenging us so bountifully in life. Expand your opportunities by sowing. Don't limit yourself so bountifully, so, so in every way you possibly can. Don't just sow with your finances. Sow with your witness. Sow with your smile. Sow forgiveness. There's so many things we can sow. And Paul says, you want to reap bountifully? Sow bountifully. You know, why don't we sow bountifully? There's so many reasons. So many times we just spend our life looking around and comparing ourselves to others and just completely overlooking the opportunities to be sowing, to be setting things out there. We look at others and we think, well, you know, they have talents and abilities here. And so I'm not going to sow in that area. These people are blessed financially here, so I'm not going to sow there. These people have more opportunities here. And, and we look around and we compare ourselves and we limit what God can do. You know, sometimes we have numbers when it comes to money. We have a number in our head. You know, well, when I have this much, if I can participate at this level, then I am going to sow. We limit our giving so many times to dollars. And for all of us here, the command is, is universal. All of us can sow. There's no limits from young to old in the ability that you have to sow. You can sow prayer. You can sow love. You can sow giving. You can sow serving. You can sow in so many ways. And Paul says, you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. The principle is the same, but the application for all of us is unique. God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. And He'll do it uniquely in the ways that He's gifted you. So Paul's powerful reminder here is we reap what we sow. And then he, he, he tells, you, tells us here, 
He says, if you, you need to follow through. When you commit, follow through enthusiastically. God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 7, it says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, there are so many alternatives, different ways we can give. You and I, we can give out of a heart of obedience, and that's good. We can give out a duty, a sense of obligation. You know, it is good to give. It's an issue of obedience. If we don't give, we're robbing God. We're robbing ourselves. So we can just give simply out of duty. We can give out of self-satisfaction. It is satisfying. If you've ever given, you, you know that there's a reward. There's a personal benefit. There's a satisfaction that comes from giving. And we can give just because we understand giving. With giving, we receive satisfaction. Giving is powerful. And and. The satisfaction is lasting when we choose to exercise this gift of giving. We can give out of prestige. Just kind of being able to put a feather in our cap, kind of pat ourselves on the back and say, you know, I'm vested here. Have you ever heard anyone say, I've given here a lot of years? You know, there's prestige in saying, well, you know, I, I've invested the things we, it's easy to do. Again, we're focusing on ourselves and what we get out of it. Or... We can give out of a heart of love. And that's what God wants us to do, to give in response to what He's done for us. And that's where cheerful giving comes from. A heart of love for God, a heart of love for God for others, a heart of love to see what God can do through this place, through this church, through, through our giving and our faithfulness. God, when we love God, our giving comes freely and it comes happily. There's a Latin proverb that says this, he gives twice who gives quickly. Or in other words, love frees us to give spontaneously, to give unselfishly, to give generously, to give in a way that God is blessed and others are blessed. God wants us to give, to sow bountifully and to give cheerfully. And then we see some principles here, and that's what I want to focus on tonight. First principle we see in verse 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God wants to be involved in our giving. God wants to be a part of your giving. When you think about it, when you serve... God wants to be part of your service. God gives us gifts. He wants to use us. He wants us to exercise that grace. He wants us to exercise faith. God wants to be involved in every area of your life. He doesn't want us to exclude Him. Sometimes we, we serve just on our own. We, we have an ability. God's gifted us. We serve without His help. And God's saying here, I've given you all grace. I can help you abound here. I want you to, to exercise this gift and I want to be part of it. God wants to be involved. In verse 9 of the previous passage, it says, in talking about giving, Paul in his instruction, verse 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. God wants us to exercise this love that he has for us and demonstrate that through this heart. This grace, this love that He puts deep inside of us that we can exercise and be a blessing to both Him and others. God wants to be involved. We have this supernatural Holy Spirit living inside of us. All of us do. And God expects us to use these gifts. God wants us to for our own good. We have, we, we kid about it, you know, what superpower would you choose? 
you know, we have this superpower for giving gifts. God's granted us that. He says, I've given you this superpower. You can give. You can give generously. You can sow bountifully. You can give um, happily, joyfully, cheerfully. You can do these things. You might, there might be other gifts tonight that we don't have. We might, you might see someone who can sing. This group that blessed us tonight with their ability to sing. Most of us couldn't get up here and do what they did. We don't have that gift. There's so many other gifts we might not have, but this gift is not exclusive. This, this gift is not reserved for a few. This is a gift God gives to everyone, and He wants us to exercise it in abundance. He wants us to exercise it. It's a supernatural gift. We're assured we have this gift. We can try it. We can flex our muscle here when it comes to giving. As individuals and as a church, God's telling us here we have this power. This is the one truth in Scripture where Christ tells us, God tells us in His Word to prove them. You think you're limited? God says you're not. Prove me. And He says, I'll prove to you, you have this gift. You have this ability. You can be a blessing through your willingness to serve. God says, prove me and I'll open the windows of heaven. God's grace gives us the ability to act in faith and participate in every good work. You know, sometimes these good works that God has for us just don't get our attention. We're so busy. We're so preoccupied. We, we set these artificial boundaries to what God can do through us and in us and with us. And, and what God wants to do with us just doesn't get our attention. We focus on, on things that uh, other interests. We focus on our work. We focus on the things we have to do. What's next? And God's saying, I've got something supernatural. I, I want to bless you. I want to do some things with your life. I want to do things that are outside your control, outside your own ability. It's going to require you to step out. It's going to require you to exercise faith. You, you have what you need. I've given you, I've, I've become poor so you can be rich. Well, how are you going to exercise that richness? How are you doing that? So many times um, the things God wants to do through us don't get our attention. So many times the good works that God have, has for us, we don't focus on them. We don't take the time. We don't witness. We don't give. We don't serve. God wants to help us as we endeavor to pursue His plan. God wants to get involved, and that's what He's telling us. He has the ability to make all grace. What grace does God want to exercise in your life? What area of life does God want you to step out and, and be generous and so where maybe you haven't before? Verse 10, it goes on. Verse 10, it says, Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. He's saying, if you're faithful, God is going to continue to reward you and bless you. God, God refers to this faithfulness as stewardship. All of us are granted a stewardship. The question is, how are we going to use it? We have this stewardship, we have this body, we have these hands, we have this mind, we have this life and this breath. How are we going to steward that? 
Our life is a test. God wants us to be faithful. God wants us to steward us. God promises to bless us with more if we steward what we have. You know, when you think about sowing and reaping, the greatest things start small. You know, the, the greatest businesses often start as ideas. The, the greatest of missions begin with just one commitment. You think about, um, I have lots of friends in, in business, and I'm looking at friends in business, you know, procrastination is a powerful tool. Satan, Satan wants us to procrastinate. Satan ha God has good works for us, and Satan just wants us to procrastinate. A lot of the ways we do it is we just won't start. You think about um, people in business. I have a lot of, plenty of friends in business, and, and most businesses start really small. And what happens? Well, the investments are made over time. You start with something small, and you apply effort. You continue to sow seed. And what do you do? You receive a return. And you put that right back into sowing. And you're able to sow a greater amount of seed. You're able to sow more um, significantly. And what do you do? You receive a greater return. You, as you begin to sow more, you reap more. And then suddenly, someone in business looks back and they think, how did I get here? Uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was sowing seed. And I was sowing it um, not so sparingly. And I was sowing it generously. And I was sowing it with great sacrifice of time and effort and, and mental energy. And then because of that, over time, the growth takes place. It's natural when we sow seed and we sow that same seed over time and that's that, that sowing is rewarded that we'd be able to sow more in the future. And Satan just wants you and me not to sow seed. He wants us to just kind of get stuck where we're at. And Paul's saying, hey, you know, you made this commitment. You stuck your neck out. You said you're going to do it. And I know I've been using you as an example. And I'm bringing these other brothers and sisters, and I don't want you to be a hindrance to them, and I don't want you to be a hindrance to what I'm trying to do and a hindrance to yourself. So many things, bad, bad things could happen if you don't just fall through on what you're doing. So, so know this. Sowing seed is beneficial. It's beneficial to you. It's beneficial to others. God wants to multiply our efforts. God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to obey Him. And when we do, we'll experience growth. We'll see His blessing in our lives. So many times we have a hard time committing and getting started. If we start, we will see growth. If we sow, we will reap a harvest. If we, sow a, if we sow generously, if we sow like Christ tells us to, we'll, we'll receive a greater reward and a greater harvest. So God wants to be involved. God wants to multiply our efforts. And then God wants to ultimately increase our opportunities to praise Him. We see that in verse 11. It says, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. You know, the bounty that God provides to you and me is indescribable. We can't begin to describe it. The joy, the peace, the love, the forgiveness that we receive, the, the joy that comes in being able to pass on those same gifts to others, the bounty that God provides, provides you and me is indescribable. God proves Himself. And we're able to see Him work through us when we exercise faith and take advantage of, of His grace. 
And we come to this wonderful place of rejoicing. We come to this wonderful place where we've received His blessing. We've shared His blessing. We have greater blessings in return. We see the blessing and the effect those blessings have on others when we exercise faith. Verse 12 says, For the administration of this service not only supplieth the wants of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. We come to this place of rejoicing, and our rejoicing leads us to do more and see others blessed. In 2017, we had the opportunity to take a group of 31 teenagers and 13 adults to Nicaragua. And it was an amazing trip. We've come back. Many of you have heard um, testimonies from that trip. Others weren't here at that time and wouldn't have heard about that trip. Man, there was a lot of work that went on behind the scenes. There was a group that banded together, our church banded together, um, families banded together to be able to raise money and send their teenagers, adults, sponsors. Everyone worked hard. I can't begin to lay out um, all the work, the details that went into planning that particular trip. But seed was being sown. You know, it wasn't just the year before. It was seed that was sown by you as parents in the lives of your teenagers for a decade or more before that time. Seed was being sown. You know, we prepared programs. We had a schedule. We had places to go. We had things to pass out. We'd been training the teens how to share the gospel. As the time approached, our teenagers were focused and they were ready. They were prepared. And we got there and some of the teenagers spoke up and said, you know, I want to, and even before we left, I want to witness to someone while we're in Nicaragua. I'd like to lead someone to the Lord on this trip. They had that in their heart. They, they wanted to be able to lead others to the Lord. And they had put in that effort. And you all prayed. And we got there and teenagers started witnessing as we took opportunities. We witnessed in schools. Um, we witnessed at hospitals. We witnessed in neighborhoods. Um, we witnessed at the churches we went to. We witnessed at the city dump. We witnessed in shopping areas. We witnessed in restaurants. We witnessed anywhere we went. And within a few days, we started to see results. People started to pray to trust Christ as their Savior. And it got young people excited. And more of the young people who hadn't witnessed said, you know, you help me. I want to witness to someone today. And that, that flame grew. The seeds were being sown. And the harvest was then being reaped. And, and we were enjoying. We were blessed, being blessed. We praised God on that trip. Every night we had testimony time. And we were able to praise the Lord for the things that we experienced, the things that we saw. And we came back here. And we were able to rejoice with you. And you were able to rejoice with us. And that's, that's all it's talking about here in this passage. God wants to do things with us. It, the limitation is our willingness to sow so many times. We limit what God can do. God doesn't see those limitations. God doesn't place those limitations on us. We can all give generously. God's gifted us to be able to give. What does He want you to do? What has He laid on your heart? How are you sowing seeds? What rewards are you seeing in your life? from the seeds that you're sowing. You know, Paul talked about their rejoicing and our rejoicing. And ultimately, we want to see the Lord rejoice. And our giving brings God rejoicing. Said in verse 15, it ends with, Thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. Question we have to ask ourselves tonight. Does your giving bring glory to God? 
If we're focused, if we're sowing, if we're not limiting what God can do with our lives, in and through our lives, then our lives will bring glory to God. Our lives will cause rejoicing in other people's lives. Our lives will cause rejoicing in our church's lives. Are you sowing? If we're sowing, those seeds will multiply. And God will give us increased ability. And we can sow the way that God wants us to, not grudgingly, not giving grudgingly, not giving of necessity, not sowing sparingly, but sowing bountifully and reaping bountifully, causing great rejoicing. It's a challenge here in this passage. Paul knows, hey, these people have a spirit to give. That's why they committed. I believe everyone here has a spirit to give. But it's important that we're reminded to follow through, to focus on it, to go out today determined to sow those seeds. It, it can start small, that's okay. It can start with a smile. It can start with a penny. But God promises us, if we sow, we'll reap. And if we're faithful to sow, we'll be able to sow more and reap even greater and more abundant harvests. Stand with me if you would tonight.